الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله الناصح الامين اللهم صل على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين ومن تمسك بسنته الى يوم الدين ثم اما بعد حدثني جماعه من الشيوخ باسناد كل الى سفيان بن علينا عن عمرو بن دينار عن ابي قابوس مولى عبد الله بن عمرو عن عبد الله بن عمرو بن العاص رضي الله تعالى عنهما انه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الراحمون يرحمهم الرحمن ارحموا من في الارض يرحمكم من في السماء that those who are merciful, they will be shown mercy by the most merciful. Be merciful and show mercy to those who are in the earth and the one who is above the heavens, he will show you mercy. The Quran the ulama, they mention, This is because knowledge is mercy. Knowledge is mercy. غايته أو نتيجته قبل ذلك نتيجته رحمة في الدنيا. The result of knowledge is mercy in this dunya. وغايته رحمة في الآخرة. And the ultimate goal of knowledge is mercy in the hereafter. الحمد لله على نعمة الإسلام والسنة. Our praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah. We take a moment this tremendous hadith, this hadith wherein the Prophet وسلم, he was asked, What action, if I do it, will get me close to the Jannah or will enter me into the Jannah? And what action, if I do it, will remove me from the fire? In this discussion, the Prophet وسلم, after highlighting what was highlighted previous in this hadith, the Prophet وسلم, he goes on to say, the Prophet said, Shall I not inform you of the controlling factor of all of that? Shall I not inform you of the controlling factor of all of that? So he said, He mentioned, he said, So I said, Bella, certainly. Certainly, Ya Rasulullah, certainly the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, فَأَخَذَ بِلِسَانِهِ So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he took hold of his tongue. He, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he took hold of his tongue. ثُمَّ قَالَ And then the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, كُفَّ عَلَيْكَ هَذَا he said, control this. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he took control of his tongue. And he said, control this. Control your tongue. Because this is the controlling factor of what was aforementioned. Dan, this is the controlling factor of what was aforementioned. He said, control this. So Mu'adh, he said, So I said, Ya Nabi Allah, O Prophet of Allah, وَإِنَّا بِمَا نَتَكَلَّمُ بِهِ He said, O Messenger of Allah, are we going to be held accountable for what we say? Are we going to be held accountable for what we say? Hmm? فَقَالَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ So the Prophet صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ He said, فَكِلَكَ أُمُّكَ فَكِلَتْكَ أُمُّكَ He said to him, May your mother be bereaved of you. May your mother be bereaved of you. Inshallah Ta'ala will come to know what is meant by this particular statement, this particular phrase. And then the Prophet صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ He goes on to explain, he says, وَهَلُ 
يكب الناس في النار على وجوههم أو قال على مناخرهم إلا حصائد ألسنتهم. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "And are not the people thrown into the fire more so for on their faces, or the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said upon their noses, except for the harvest of their tongues?" Are they not thrown into the fire, the people, more so on their faces, huh? or upon their nose, more so than for what? Than for the harvest of their tongue. Because of the harvest of their tongue. I want you to reflect on that. That which gets individuals thrown with great abundance into the fire humiliated upon their faces or upon their noses is what? Is their tongues because of what they say. Because of what they say. The Fadilat al-Shaykh al-Alama al-Shaykh Abdul Muhsin al-Abad al-Badr he mentions, he says وَهَذَا بَيَانُ خَطَرِ الْلِسَانِ he said, and this is a clear explanation, this is clear to show us the danger of the tongue. The danger of the tongue. That the tongues are dangerous. Naam? The tongues are dangerous. And that verily, that which will enter a person into destruction. And that which will plunge a person into destruction. Or that which will be the controlling and triggering factor to good is in what? Is in preserving the tongue, safeguarding the tongue. Yeah. So I want to say that again, because with the tongue, the harvest that an individual will be forced to reap on the day of judgment, those seeds that will be planted by the tongue will either be seeds that will equate to that person's destruction, or it will be seeds that will be a contributing factor for good. For good. Yeah. So it can, the tongue can be used either to destroy or to benefit an individual. The Shaykh he mentions, he says, حَتَّى لَا يَصْرَرُ مِنْهُ إِلَّا مَا هُوَ خَيْرٌ Is that if an individual were to control their tongue until that it doesn't come from the tongue anything except for good. That the person has to control their tongue until there doesn't come from their tongue anything except good and this is a great task this is not something that is easy but rather it is as the prophet said he mentioned in the beginning of the hadith that this is an affair that is only made easy by the one who makes it easy upon we have to control our tongues until it doesn't come from our tongues anything except for good that we speak with them and we're Utilizing them in a way that brings about good for ourselves, that we plant seeds of good by way of our tongues. If we are able to do this, then the Prophet وسلم, he has mentioned that for us will be the Jannah. The Prophet وسلم, he said, That whoever guarantees for me that which is between his mandibles, meaning that which is between his his jawbone, right? Whoever guarantees for me that which is between their jawbones, meaning that they utilize it correctly, that they safeguard, they protect it, they only utilize it, and that which is halal, right? and that which is between their legs, meaning they want the private parts, now So there are two things that I'm mentioning here. The first thing that is mentioned is the preserving of that which is between the jawbones, and that is the the tongue. And the second thing is guaranteeing the preservation, meaning that it's only utilized in a manner that is halal, it is only utilized in a legal manner, 
that which is between thee, the legs, which are the private parts. That if a person were to do that, the Prophet said, that I guarantee for him Jannah. That I guarantee for him Jannah. And then we know the Hadith with the Prophet he described marriage as being what? Half of the half of the deen. Half of the deen. The ulama they say that this hadith here that was just mentioned that is collected by Al Bukhari, that whoever guarantees to me that which is between their jaw bones and that which is between their legs. That, uh, that how many things were mentioned? Two <coughs> things were mentioned, right? So half of half of the things that was mentioned is what? It's half, fifty percent. Right? The answer is in the question. So, but two things were mentioned: the tongue and the private parts. Really? If you safeguard those two things, then the Prophet said, "Send a guarantee for you, Jannah." Then we have another hadith for the Prophet sallallahu said, "Let me said that marriage is half of your religion, half fifty percent." What's fifty percent of what was mentioned here in this hadith, and what is the need to guarantee to, to, to the Prophet to guarantee you, Jannah? Is what? Tongue. The tongue and yes. private parts. Okay, so which of the which of the two is is is, is safeguarded and protected and governed by marriage? No. Now, but more particularly what? No, private parts. the private parts. Yeah. Now, so how the private parts are safeguarded and protected and, and, and preserved is by way of marriage. So that is half of what is needed if a person wants to go to the to the Jannah. Now, and then the Prophet said, with well, trust it means that you fear Allah and the rest. But, so that relates to what? The tongue and those those things are connected to it. Because as we see here, the Prophet said, he said, should I not inform you of what is the, the governing factor or the controlling factor of all of that? Meaning all of those things that were aforementioned. What is the controlling factor in that? What is going to be a contributing controlling factor is what? It's the tongue. It's the tongue. Right? So safeguarding of the tongue is extremely important. Just like safeguarding of what the private part is extremely important. A person can safeguard their limbs Right? I want, I want, and I want you to understand this. Because we know that if we do a sin, then we get one mark against us. If we do a righteous good deed, then we get, it's multiplied by 10 by the very minimum. That's the default number is 10. Multiplication by 10. Okay. I don't want you to look at this and say, oh man, this is really easy. This is easy. One sin, one bad mark. One good deed, at least 10 good marks. Oh, I got this. Maybe. <laughs> but you know what is very, you know what you got to watch out for? Because a person, they may, they may get, yeah, they, uh, what do you say? They may focus in on their limbs and things of this nature. Well, I didn't hit anyone. I didn't steal anything and so on and so forth. And I know that is true. Right? However, however, what moves with such fluidity? What moves so easily? You can be in your bed and you can do so much damage with just your tongue. You can be in your bed, laying down, get one conversation, and within a half an hour period of time, could have backbitten, slandered, lied against. Yeah, so how so much? in 30 minutes that your limbs can't catch up with for the rest of the 24 hour period the tongue is dangerous and what's 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 even more what shows you how dangerous it is is that an individual will run and flap with the tongue so much that they would have forgotten what they even said now forgotten what they said a person may come to you with a grievance and say you hurt my feelings I said, really? Aren't you thinking? Yeah, because something you said to me. And you say, really? What did I say to you? And then they go and they repeat what you said. And it's as if the first time you hear it, you say, SubhanAllah, I said that? I forgot. I'm sorry. SubhanAllah, I called you that? Oh, SubhanAllah, I'm sorry. I forgot. I didn't remember I said that to you. But do you know how dangerous that is? A sin that you didn't remember you even did? Do you know how dangerous that is? A sin that you don't remember even committing? What does that mean? Yeah. How are you going to make toko for it? How are you going to clean it? That's like having a spot on your thumb and you, and you don't see it. You don't, you don't know it's there. You forgot it's there. 
Maybe you saw it and you forgot. Okay, so what's going to happen? That area is not going to get washed because you forgot it's in need of being washed. So now you run the threat of, 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 of coming back now, bringing that sin back to you, or bringing that sin with you when you meet your Lord, subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. You understand? Like, for example, if you hurt somebody with your hands, right? Nine times out of ten, you're not going to forget that. If you slap someone, you hurt them, you bruise them, right? You, you're going to remember that. It's, it's very far-fetched to believe that you'll forget that. You know, someone came and said, you punched me. And he said, really? I punched you? I forgot. No, no, that's, 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 you know, unless something's wrong with you. Change, change, yeah, yeah. I don't want to use that, that term, but you would, you would remember Allah who had it, Likewise, if you harm them with your, with your foot, right? You you remember, you know to make amends for this. But your tongue, you can say something and you remember. You can say something and you remember. Or you can say something and not think anything of it. You can say something and you don't think anything of it. Doesn't even cross your mind. And it can be the most harmful thing. It can cut somebody so deep. They will never forget it. Hurt them deeply. Because of the tongue. So we have to be very careful on how we use our tongue. The Prophet وسلم, he gave us guidelines on how to use the tongue. The Prophet وسلم, he said, Man kana Whoever believes in Allah last day, then speak good or don't say anything. Words are powerful. You want to know how powerful words are? Let's give me, give me, let me, let me, let me give you, let me give you a simple everyday example. With the word, with the word, you marry a woman. The word, you marry a woman, right? And with the word, you divorce her. One of the, one of the greatest relationships that human beings have amongst themselves, marriage. It's established by what? By a word. Right? If there's no proposal and no acceptance, then what? There's no marriage. You can't walk around saying, that's my wife. People say, hi, how's your wife? Now, I seen her, I fell in love with her, thought about it, took her as my wife, that's it. You're saying, how, oh, brother, you crazy, man. Don't worry about that. You can't just be thinking, thinking yourself into a marriage. <laughs> Right? And then if she gets married and you get upset and you go to her father, you say, SubhanAllah, I ain't gonna marry you know, that's supposed to be my wife. What's the father gonna tell you? What's the obvious uh, uh, response? Well, why'd you say anything? I didn't know. Why'd you say something? <laughs> you gotta say something. You gotta say something. Wait. That's what a word is. Powerful. It's powerful. And then with a word, you can. Break the whole marriage. Marriage is done with a word. So words are, 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 are powerful. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi said, whoever believes in Allah and in the last day, then speak good or be quiet. Say something that is good or don't say anything. Right? Because we believe in Allah Ta'ala. So we have to utilize our tongues in a manner that is pleasing to Allah Ta'ala to utilize our tongues in a manner that is conducive with obedience and if you believe in the last day then you know that if you don't do that then you're going to be accountable for it you're going to be Allah Ta'ala and you're going to either be yeah, rewarded for the good you have yeah, for, because you was good or you're going to be punished because you have come back with that which necessitates that you be punished right so the tongue is serious so we have to Safeguard our tongues, but the connection between the tongue and between the rest of the limbs is amazing. I want you to reflect on: Could a person make zina? And I mean consensually. I'm not talking about having somebody rape somebody. I'm not talking about talking about consensual fornication. And this is because the word consensual is there doesn't make it seem like it's nicer. You know, kufars on that stuff. But it was by consent. It's fornication. It's still a crime. They both they both agreed they can make a crime. Man. It's still a crime. It's still adultery. You know, I can't say it was by consent. They consenting adults. They consenting adults is wrong. So yeah, I don't want to make it seem like it, it makes it like better. It's not better. It's, it's fornication. Fornication. In any event, could two consenting adults fornicate without speaking? 
No. No, at some point they got to talk. At some point they got to, you know, talk to make an arrangement to meet, talk to make an arrangement to move over here, right? At some point it has to be some kind of communication. Without that, could you ever reach the, 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 the ultimate? No. How many murders happen as a result of speech that went the wrong way? Okay, if that argument never ensued to begin with, where the person got shot, right? But typically, you don't fly off at the handle and shoot someone in a rage that you didn't have any conflict with. The conflict started with what? The speech. And that spilled over into murder. Right, so and so forth. So there's a lot of, uh, as we're going to come to see with the Latin Tana, there's a lot of things that the doorway to them is the tongue. The doorway to them is the tongue. Qala ibn Rajab, Qala Imam ibn Rajab, Fashabha the Hadith, in explaining this Hadith, Fijamir al Ulum al Hikam, in his tremendous book when he explains these uh, these Hadith. He mentions, he says, هذا يدل على أن الكف اللسان وضبطه وهبسه هو أصل خير كله. Well, I, want you, I want you to get this one back. He said, this hadith shows us that protecting the tongue or restricting the tongue, controlling the tongue, and imprisonment of the tongue then this is from the foundation of good, all of it. This is from the foundation of good, all of it. Now, so we'll say that again. The, you know, Imam Ibn Rajab, he mentions, he says, وَهَذَا يَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ الْكَفْ الْلِسَانِ مُضَبْطَهُ وَحَبْسَهُ هُوَ أَصْلُ الْخَيْرِ كُلِّهِ That this hadith points us to the fact that controlling the tongue, Safeguarding the tongue and the imprisonment of the tongue. This is from the foundation of good, all of it. And that verily the one who he controls his tongue. The one who controls his tongue, really controls his tongue. Not the one who's overcome by anger and then lies to himself and convinces himself that he knows what he's saying. You know, some people will say things when they're angry that they would not have said otherwise. And then when they're called to account on it, they're saying, oh, no, I'm not, I know what I'm saying. Right? But sometimes, no, you really don't. It's, it, it's, I mean, it's because of the anger and them not having the ability to control their tongue and just to be quiet. Don't say anything. Right? Don't say anything. Let the anger dissipate. Let the anger go away. Let it calm down. Right? And then if you have something to say, it needs to be said, okay, then say it in a manner that's good. Uh, how much harm is caused because people don't control their tongues? How many divorces happen, since we spoke about marriage? How many divorces happen because people do not control their tongues? Right? How many? He says so much, she wants out. She says so much, he wants out. We even have times where they'll come in and I'll say, look, you say one more word, I'm a divorce. You say one say, you say something else. Right? How many times that happen? It never happens. Somebody say something else, they get divorced right now. Adequately had all that got there because what? Because they couldn't control what they were saying. They couldn't control their tongues. How many situations have escalated because people can't control their tongues? Adequately had. Whoever has the ability, whoever controls their tongue, they're not controlled by other factors, but they control the tongue. Right? Then he would control his affair. He would control his affair, he would control his issues, he would control, yeah, he would control his situation. For lack of a better term, an indoor translation. He would control his situation. And then he mentioned, he said, and what is intended by what? What is intended by the harvest of the tongue. What is intended by the harvest of the tongue? This means 
the reward or yani this means the outcome of speech al-muharram it means the outcome or the repercussions the ramifications of speech that is prohibited and the punishment that is linked to it this this is the repercussions and the ramifications because what because actions have consequences now actions have consequences so likewise what the action of the tongue statements what have consequences statements have consequences especially those statements that what that are haram that a person has made tawbah for, they have to answer for them. Now, so this is what is meant by the harvest of the tongue. That was the tongue. Yeah, the, um, the end result of those seeds that were sown by the tongue. Now, because when you sow a seed, what happens after the end of the growth period, whatever, then you have to come back and you have to cut down all of the vegetation. Right, you have to come. You have to pick the food, cut the vegetation, whatever the case is. You have to reap what you sow. You have to reap what you sow. Show you. So, this is what is intended by the harvest of the tongue. So, whoever says something from speech, if that speech is incorrect, if it's wrong, if it's haram, then they will have to reap what they have sown from bad statements and thus they may be and are subject to being punished for those statements for in the insan yazra'u biqawlihi wa amalihi al-hasanat wa sayyiat because the individual they will sow by way of their actions good and bad seeds ma'am and then on the day of judgment, they will have to reap what they have sown. Now on the day of judgment, they will have to gather and collect the harvest that they planted in the dunya. Now, now you have to answer for it. So it's not like, you know, we do stuff and then that's it. We're not going to hear about it no more. No, if it's wrong, you didn't make tovah for it. You didn't, you didn't get erased out of your record. You're going to hear it again. You're going to see it again. Damn. So if you put forth good, then you will sow good. If you put forth evil, then you will... Uh, excuse me. Then you will reap good. If you put forth evil, then you will reap evil. If you, put, if, you, if you put in bad seeds... You're going to get bad consequences, you get bad fruit. Good seeds, you get good fruit. Right? So, it, it depends what kind of fruit you want. Based upon what kind of fruit you want, do you know what, which seeds to plant? The Sheikh Yazani mentions, he says, فَمَنْ زَرَعَ خَيْرًا مِنْ أَوْ عَمَلٍ Whoever puts forth good from statements and actions, then his yield will be beautiful, it will be noble. It will be one of nobility. It will be noble, be good. And whoever sows the seeds of evil from statements and actions, then tomorrow he will reap regret. His yield, his harvest, it'll be one of regret. It'll be of that in which he had wished he had never done. It'll be of that in which the things in which he had never said. The Shaykh Yuzhari, he mentions, he says, وَظَاهِرُ الْحَدِيثِ مُعَادِ And what is apparent from the Hadith of Mu'ad, يَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ مَا يَدْخُلُ بِهِ النَّارِ is that the this hadith of Mu'ad points to the fact that most of what will enter yani into the night, uh, 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 the fire, right? النار, is that which will enter most of the people into the fire is what? Is the statements that they have said with their tongues. The statements that they have said with their tongues. This is what will enter most of the people into the fire. 
because the sin of statements, what enters into it is shirk. To show you how, how dangerous uh, the, the, the tongue is, is because shirk comes by way of statements. Now, by way of statements. So, for example, before the statement can reach an action, because as the Prophet he said that uh, every individual is born upon fitrah. Now, but it is the parents that what you're not saying. Now, it's the parents that turn them into a Christian or, or, or into a Jew like this or into a Magian. How do the parents do that? By teaching them. They misguide them by the talk. By they, 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 they teach them, and then that evil teaching, then that will translate into what evil actions, right? So they teach them shirk, and then they do the shirk, right? Because the parents taught them. So shirk. It will take place polytheism due to what statements now and it is the worst sin of Allah shirk is the worst sin and shirk is the worst sin as the Prophet I said when he was asked them what is the worst sin the Prophet I said and he said to make for Allah a rival and he's the one in Allah created now, this is the worst of all of the sins. Shirk is the worst of all of the sins with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But all of that comes into the tongue. Also, what enters into the sins of the tongue, also what enters into the sins of the tongue is speaking about Allah without knowledge. It's speaking about Allah without knowledge. And speaking about Allah without knowledge, then it is the companion of shirk. Because there will be no shirk unless people spoke about Allah without knowledge. Yeah. People misbelieving in Allah comes from speaking about Allah without knowledge. So this is why they say that uh, speaking about Allah without knowledge, then it is the companion of shirk. They go hand in hand. Yeah. They go hand in hand. But all of this is from what? It's from the sins of the, the tongue. And also what enters into this is false testimony. False testimony of which substantiates polytheism with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So those preachers and those ministers and, 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 and from those clergy that call people to shirk and bring forth false testimony trying to prove unto them that shirk, that polytheism is the right way, then all of this is what? Is false testimony. False testimony justifying shirk. So again, and this is from what? This is from the sins of the of the tongue. And what enters into the sins of the tongue is what? Is magic. People making magical spells, incantations, so on and so forth. They do that by way of their tongues. So this enters into and sihr is a major sin. Now, but also what enters everything that was mentioned is a major sin. Now, everything mentioned is Major sin, but also an of is accusing pious, righteous uh, Muslim women of committing fornication. That's done by way of the tongue. The accusation comes by way of the tongue, and this is a major sin. And other than that, from the major sins, what's up again? And also the minor sins too. There are plenty minor sins that are linked to the the tongue. like lying, and um, riba is a major sin. Now, riba is a major sin. Like lying, uh, backbiting, and namima, spreading tales. It's a major sin. 
the Prophet said that the Lamam, the one who spreads tales, Namima, they will not enter into Jannah. It's major. وَسَائِلُ الْمَعَاصِي الْفِعْلِيَّةِ لَا يَخْرُوا غَالِبًا مِنْ قَوْلِ يَقْتَلِنُوا بِهَا يَقْتَلِنُوا بِهَا يَكُونُوا مُعِيلًا عَلِيهَا And the rest of the sins, whether it be of actions, you will find that in most cases, in most cases, it will be a statement that will be connected to it, that by way of it will be an aid for the establishment of it, of that sin. It will be statements that are connected and attached to it. And then, the... Right. And then, the Shaykh, he mentions the statement of the Prophet ﷺ to Mu'adh. When Mu'adh asks the, the question in amazement about being held accountable for what we say, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, فَكِلَتْكَ أُمُّكَ He said, may your mother be bereaved of you. What this means is not that he was making dua that Mu'adh dies, because the statement is saying, may your mother lose you. May your mother lose you, ma'am. And this is uh, by losing him, meaning that she loses him and as such she becomes a mother who is bereaved of a child or a loved one, or a woman bereaved of a child or a loved one. So this is what one will understand from the, the apparent meaning of it. But this was not the meaning, and this was not what was intended by the Prophet to make dua that Mu'ad died for asking this. No, this is not what he intended, but rather this was a statement that was used among the Arab to indicate and highlight the um, severity of a situation and the severity of a statement. Now, so they would make this statement, may your mother be bereaved, meaning that what? That what you just said, that's, you know, subhanAllah, this is serious. Let me draw your attention to the reality of this affair and how serious it is. Now, so this statement it was used like this so as to draw the attention to the the, uh, the 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 grievous nature of that which was mentioned. So they would say, "May your mother be bereaved." Now you know, case okay, serious. Now, but it's also from those means and from those ways that what that one will draw attention and pay and pay close attention to that which was coming next. There are a number of things the Shaykh mentioned that we benefit from this hadith. The first of them. Is Hirsu Sahaba is the diligence of the companions in, upon good. So they were very diligent in upon good and knowing what is good. and knowing what will get them to the Jannah and what will remove them from the fire and make them fall from the fire. They're very concerned to know what are those things that I, if I do them, they will get me close to Jannah and into me into Jannah. And what are those things, if I do them, will take me and remove me from the fire. It's very important. And the Sahaba, this is another illustration here in this hadith that they were very diligent over this affair. Secondly, And that the Jannah and the Nar, they are present. They are present. They're here. They're present. And that uh, they will, yeah, he remain. and they will not dissipate and go away and disappear. Now, the Jannah and the Nar, they're there and they're going to be there forever. Now, because you have some who say it's an ikhtilaf, but it's an ikhtilaf that is extremely weak, that the hellfire is not forever, but it's for an extremely long period of time and then it will come to an end. This is not correct. The hellfire is forever. It's forever. Man, and that is what is clear, is that the hellfire, it is forever. It will not one day stop. No, it's forever. And we ask Allah Ta'ala to make us of the people of Jannah to save us from the hellfire. Amen. Thirdly, the Shaykh he mentions, he says, Is that the worship of Allah, what is intended by it and what, and what a person is supposed to want and desire, is entry into Jannah and being safe from the fire. Yeah. This is what is intended. 
بعد صوفية and not like some of the Sufis they say أن الله this is taken the Sufis يعني what the Sheikh is about to mention أن الله لا يعبد رغبة ويعني في جنته ولا خوفا من ناله they say Allah is not worshipped desiring his jannah nor fearing his fire this is what they say that they don't worship Allah because they want to go to jannah and because they're scared of going to the fire right now perhaps for a millisecond to some who's very ignorant that may sound good to them it's okay they worship Allah because they love him so much they don't want nothing in return they're not scared of anything right Okay, but then how do we understand this when Allah Ta'ala tells us in fear of fire of which its fuel has been in stone Allah Ta'ala tells us in fear of fire now fear of fire play we're not supposed to fear it. Allah says fear it. Huh? So now who are you going to say, yeah, Allah says fear it, but I ain't scared. Whoa, that sounds insane. Does it not? It sounds insane. Allah says fear the fire. So you have to fear the fire. We don't want to go there. Allah Ta'ala makes it in the Quran. He encourages us to want to go to Jannah. Verily for those who yeah, have taqwa of Allah is a great success. Encouraging us. Allah Ta'ala describes to us what's inside of the Jannah. Encouragement. So we want to go to Jannah. Look at Surah Ar-Rahman. Look at Surah Ar-Rahman. Now, fill the descriptions of what is in Jannah. You read the descriptions and you want you, you, you want to experience that. You want to go to Jannah. You want to experience this. Now, this is encouraging us. Right? So, we, so we, how many chapters of the Quran encouraging us to want to go to Jannah? How many chapters of the Quran Yani putting fear in us from going to the fire. Then we say, okay, all those verses in the Quran that encourage me to go to Jannah, that's nice, I don't care about that. All those chapters of the Quran that's, 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 that's making me scared, and it's scaring me from going to the fire, that's nice, I don't care about that. I don't worship Allah because of this or that. Yeah, subhanAllah, how strange is this person? How strange is this person? Man, but this is what they said. But we see here in this hadith that what? That the, the, the companions, they wanted to go to Jannah and they were scared for going to the fire. And hence they asked the question, what is that deed that if I do it, it will enter me into Jannah and make me far removed from going to the fire? Why? Because they want to go to Jannah and why? Because they're scared of going to the fire. This is why he, he wanted to go to Jannah and he was scared of going to the fire. Now who's now going to come after the Sahaba and say that they got a better way? That, 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 that by saying that, oh, I'm, I'm different than the Sahaba because I don't care about this type of stuff. This is not any type of virtue, but rather this points to your stupidity. It points to that you, you're, something's not working properly with your mind, that you even come and try to say stuff like this. If you are smart, then you try to be like those who are already proven to be successful. Allah Ta'ala says about the Sahaba, that he's pleased with them and they are pleased with him. But even before that, Allah Ta'ala says, that those who came first and foremost from the Muhajirun and Ansar, and those who follow them in good, those who follow them in good, Meaning the Sahaba, the Prophet first and foremost, of course, and what? And the Sahaba. Allah is pleased with them and are pleased with him. So being the point their way is the only way. Adequately, then the Shaykh goes on and he says, the fourth name, Yari Bayanu, Ahmiyat al Amal, Al Mas'ayna, Al Mas'ul, Anhu, Wa Anahu Ameen. Shows us the, 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 the importance of. The action that was asked about, yani what would enter me into Jannah and remove me from the fire, and at verily this is something that is tremendous, it's not light, it's tremendous, right? وَأَنَّ الْطَرِيقَ الْمُوصِلَةِ شَابٌ And at verily the way that will lead to good or, or, or success, excuse me, then it is يعني, difficult. وَصُلُوكَهُ يَحْصُلُ بِالْتَيْسِيرِ لَا 
and that a person were able to do it, it would make easy for them by Allah Ta'ala blessing them so that it is made easy for them. The next point is that أَهَمَّ الشَّيْءِ is that the most important thing the most important thing that the two responsible sentient beings have been commissioned with and mandated upon them, meaning what? The jinn and the human beings. That that in which is the most important obligation upon them, Allah, is worshiping Allah and Allah Ta'ala alone. Establishing a tawheed. And for the reason of establishment of tawheed, the books were revealed and the prophets and messengers, they were commissioned, they were sent. Yeah? So that tawheed could be established. The seventh point of benefit that we get from this hadith in the ibadatullah is that verily the worship of Allah لا تعتبر إلا إذا بنيت على الشهادتين that it is not given any consideration unless it is established upon the shahadatain. Unless it is established upon Ashadu la ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. It has to, it's established upon the both. Right. And they are connected, they go together. They go together, they are not separated. Meaning that what? So further clarify, لا يقبل العمل إلا إذا كانت إلا إذا كان خالصا لله meaning that action will not be accepted unless it is sincere for Allah. It's done for Allah, done for Allah alone upon Tawheed. ومطابقا لما جاء به رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم and that we have to implement, it has to be in compliance with that which the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He came with Man, Those are the two conditions It has to be upon Tawheed and it has to be upon Sunnah If one of those two conditions are missing Then the deed is not accepted Man, Then the deed is not accepted Because what? The Shahadat had They go together They go together Man, طيب. The eighthly Bayan Islam It shows us the importance of And, uh, of, and shows us the high status of the pillars of Islam because they were mentioned. Now, yani, حيث دل النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وعاذن عليها من بين الفرائض التي فرض الله is that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he pointed these out to Muad from the Allah Taala to the exclusion of the other obligations in which Allah Taala has obligated. That the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he pointed out as far as the obligations mentioned in this hadith that have to be done. The five pillars of Islam. That shows us the superiority of the five pillars of Islam and how we have to master the basics. Now, the ninth point, and that verily these these five pillars of Islam, they are bought in the they were mentioned in the order of importance. Now they were mentioned in the order of importance as uh, periods were mentioned in, in the previous class. Yeah, it has to be tawtiyah, so as such of that their ordering, yeah, they, yeah, they had the hadith, meaning that the order that was mentioned in this particular hadith, it they were ordered in, yeah, from the most important to, yeah, you know, like this, right? Tenth, yeah, they hathu ala itiyan bil nawafil ma'ad itiyan bil faraid. Is that there is uh, encouragement to 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 establish. The voluntary good deeds, just like uh, we have to establish the obligatory good deeds. Now, so we also uh, encourage to establish the voluntary good deeds, so the voluntary prayers, the voluntary fasting, the voluntary charity, so on and so forth. The eleventh point: is that the most uh, important actions by way in which an individual will draw near unto Allah after the establishment of the obligations is the voluntary charity, the voluntary fasting, and prayer at night, the night prayer. 
نعم قيام الليل تهجد نعم these are the most uh, outstanding voluntary actions 12 point بيان عظم شأن الصلاة وأنها عمود الإسلام it shows us the importance of the prayer the importance of the prayer and that the prayer it is the supporting pillar of Islam that the prayer it is the supporting pillar of Islam 13 point بيان فضل الجهاد وأنه ذروة سلام الإسلام it points us to the superiority of jihad and that verily jihad is the peak of Islam 14th point and final point that the Shaykh mentioned Bayan Khuturat Silisan is showing us the danger of the tongue وَأَنَّهُ يُفْضِي إِلَى الْمَهَالِكِ وَيُوْقِعُ فِي النَّارِ and that barely the tongue it will lead to destruction and being plunged into the fire. These are 14 points of benefit that the Shaykh he extracted from this hadith. 14 points of benefit that he highlighted from the benefits of this hadith. And this is the way of the ulama is that they contemplate over the text and they look for the benefits that are contained inside of the text and things are highlighted the, yani, as, as they say in modern uh, terms yani, the takeaway points right the takeaway points from certain texts and these are just 14 of the takeaway points from this text um, and there are more now there are more but these are the 14 points that the shaykh he wanted to highlight um, and then the Shaykh gets, on, gets into the 30th hadith, but ta'ala, we will say that until the next class. فَنَتَفِي بِهَذَا الْقَدَرِ صلى الله عليه وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وجزاكم الله خيرا